you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Which producer's love life will they expose next? (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Around the NFL Podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, sitting in for our host, Dan Hansis. We're missing him today, but uh, we are lucky to have a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, of course. And the electric, Patrick Claybon. Electric? Yeah. Yes. Let's get it. I, I'm all about energy. Sean was chiding us for our energy. I, I'm here. I'm caffeinated. I'm ready to go. Right. Um, Sean, it, Kelly, uh, sitting in one more show here in the producer chair for, for Graver. I guess if we're getting into a producer's love life, you're up next. So what's going on? Uh, there's nothing going on on that front that you can expose. So uh, not with anyone currently single, ready to mingle. You know what's up. And, um, you know, just living my life every day at a time. Okay. We've, we've hit the allotted <laughs> Sean time for the day. The camera, like, went right to him. He was so, so ready. Right predicted. Ready, Although, ready to mingle. There we go. It was, it's just, yeah, that was it took much. it to a point, right? Uh, okay. there, there will be a fun Easter egg, though, for uh, the, the diehards at the end of the Can't show. Can't wait. Sean Kelly uh, really bringing the energy, getting us ready. Uh, we don't have to manufacture energy preseason week one. We, we, don't, we keep it real here at the Around the NFL podcast. Like, it's fun to have football back. There are things to take away. We're going to do a segment, things we actually believe in from the preseason, but we also don't need to make it more than what it is. Like we're veterans. Well, I, I, I you know, I will, will, the Easter egg will come, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a capsule that like, it was like, <laughs> Hey Mark, get your energy up. It's like, I will be who I am. When the light goes on, <laughs> you're going to get what you need, but I, I don't need to raise my voice or, you know, <laughs> swing pom-poms around the room in a false manner. I'm going to be genuine. Not a rah-rah guy, but, that- I, I, but it's just, you need to treat each person in the right. chair different. But after That's a thousand all. plus shows, wherever we're at 1,300, uh, we know Mark delivers. You mm-hmm. know, they, they say at the preseason, you want to see who transfers it from practice to the game. Who, like Aaron Rodgers said, there's some players that actually only show up when the lights are on. That's Mark Sessler. That, that's exactly right. I, I, I think Mark <laughs> shows up in practice well, as well. True, I'm I, I, my non- practice is sometimes more internal. And then the lights, then the then the show starts, and I will speak to you. But it's like I'm not going to come in, like you know, I w- hey, check out my weekend. It's like I don't need to. I don't. You know, I was like that as a tennis player. I couldn't. I couldn't practice. It just didn't look good. I wasn't. It didn't bring it. But uh, you know, the the matches. Yeah. All that, and that's ultimately, we're there. That's ultimately what you practice for, right? right? It's, it's how sure. you perform. Right. There are some coaches. However you get there. I like Dennis Allen was talking about like a certain player on his team. Um, I believe it was Peyton Turner, kind of having good practice, and he was like. And the reporters were really going crazy with it. And it was like, yeah, that that's good. But, like, the games do matter. <laughs> Especially when... <'cause laughs> the games not, are important. That, that, that ultimately matters. You're not sure if everybody else is checking it down for practice as well. And then there's right. that one guy who's like, bananas for practice. Right, try hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Claybon's getting some practice in. He uh, taped a fantasy live earlier today. So he's doing double duty. We appreciate him sitting in um, on multiple shows. Hopefully we'll be seeing... Patrick Claybon on Fantasy Live throughout the season. I think we will. Uh, but in the meantime, when can we see that Fantasy Live show you just taped? It's got to be actually on. Yeah. What is it? Draft yeah. special? Yeah, it's it's a preseason. Spe- it's our, actually our first time doing preseason stuff live 
on the network mm. that's going to air live on the network. So we've got that uh, tonight, and we've also got tomorrow Monday, at 6.30. And um, so, yeah, Tuesday I mean, night. And, and message to cuddly executives in their little offices, like, keep him on the show. Well, and also keep uh, pounding out this uh, preseason is fantasy time. It, this is this is it. This I think if you listen to the show, you'll, you'll get a lot of good fantasy nuggets. We will have the fantasy spectacular oh, coming yes. up next week. And we're working on a, a lot of great guests. So uh, we're excited for that. Uh, but before we do that, let's do some news. They'll know more once they get in there. We're optimistic, but uh, he's not out of the woods until they get in there and, and make the decision. That was Robert Sala talking about his quarterback, Zach Wilson. Uh, fortunately for Zach Wilson, if you want to look at it this way, the, the worst fears don't appear to have happened in, with his uh, knee injury that he suffered on Friday night. The initial estimates are, are two to four weeks and a bone bruise, but just a little bit of caution. There is a surgery on Tuesday, and there's some talk. They're not really sure what the prognosis is going to be 100% until they get in the knee. We've, we've kind of seen uh, it's dangerous to be a Twitter doctor out in these streets. Don't be saying someone tore his ACL early or with Makai Becton the reverse. No need to say that a guy is okay early. We won't know for sure until Tuesday. But thankfully, uh, Mark, it it was a relatively news-free preseason week one. And I was thinking about that this morning. Oh, there's actually not that much to hold on to. And that's good because almost all preseason news is bad news. It's injury news. And Zach Wilson w- was really the only major one uh, from the weekend. Well, it's all, it's a, we're in a different world than five years ago when you in this first preseason game, you'd get a bunch of quarterbacks out there and more disaster would strike. I mean, there was a dark period there for Jets fans where it looked like you lost Mekhi Becton last week and now you've lost, lost Zach Wilson. So the update where it was less uh, you know, severe, that is helpful. But it's one quarterback that whether or not he was going to appear in a game again needs reps with his players, needs reps on the practice field. It's just not the there's there's more pressure on Zach Wilson than almost any other second year passer because it's like if, if the Jets are set up to really make a big leap if Zach Wilson does X, Y, or Z, and we are there is no real proof that he's going to do that on the field. I, I feel like there's a lot of propping him up because we want him to, mm. uh, but there's no proof that that's going to happen. And this is – he had a right knee injury last year. It's like Dan's year. gone and Mark's uh, just well, – the, the claws are going to come no, Dan out would agree, his, real, Dan, his Dan, real opinion. Dan would agree, I Jets. think, that it's like we haven't seen it on the field at this point. It's, it's, a, it's a projection. But I, I, the Jets have a, a, a weird energy around them. I don't love this for them at all, and it's, it's a setback for Zach Wilson. But it wouldn't be it, – it, it does tell us that there's a chance we're not going to be watching Joe Flacco in regular season games, which is important to humanity. Yes, important to anybody who watches football and would oh. like and would like to enjoy it. And honestly, you you saw the reactions coming in because Wilson goes down, and I think the generational trauma of Jets fans was like, oh, okay, so that's it, it's done, it's over. They're going to have to dice his knee up, but it's better than the news of having to do a full knee reconstruction. But speaking on behalf of everybody who's had their <laughs> menisci operated on and or removed, mm. it can be tricky. And like Robert Sala said, they don't know what it's going to be like until they get in there with the arthroscope and decide how much they're going to take out, how, how long the recovery is going to be. But at least at least they're not harvesting parts of his body and moving it to another part of his body. Yes, and that doesn't sound get, fun. Yeah, we will get Zach Wilson back at some point. And as you said, the Hey, shout out to Joe Flacco. A great moment, great season, great championship. In 2022, it's not something that we need. It's just not. 
he has a decent chance, though, to start week one, I feel like, Joe Flacco. Because Robert Sala likes Joe Flacco. He said a couple of weeks ago, like, people are sleeping on Joe Flacco. He's a starter in this league. But he would and, like Jimmy Moore. When, right. When he thought – when I thought maybe Zach Wilson is going to miss the season, you kind of thought, okay, they're going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. With it being two to four weeks, then you just keep Joe Flacco. Can I tell you what's spicy, though, at least? I don't want to see Joe Flacco for an extended period of time, but they open at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Well, it's spicy for Ravens fans. I, I, have, I, don't, I don't hate that, that the idea. <laughs> no, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's fine. Get a motivated Joe Flacco I out mean, there. I mean, here's, here's the thing, though. Joe Flacco was the best Jets quarterback last year. Josh well, that's Johnson, to my point. Josh Johnson like, deserves better than to hear you okay. say that, Greg. Josh Johnson deserves Actually, better. What about Mike White had a game, too? He had like, a game, and then it went sour. Right, but I, I am a little – I'm worried about Zach Wilson. I actually think there was some real takeaways from this beyond – okay, he's just going to miss two to four. He needs to work, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. And in six dropbacks, he had two disastrous plays. And like that, I th- it, you don't want to pile on to a guy who got hurt. But I, I think you, it's worth saying that his first throw throws it right to Kaiser White, the Eagles linebacker, telegraphs it. The camera pe- goes to Robert Sala, and you can see him mouthing on the sideline. I can't believe he threw that. that, that that's Wilson's first throw. The injury occurred on a play where it was third and long, and you saw this a lot with Zach Wilson last year, held on to the ball forever, could have just ran out of bounds. Instead of running out of bounds uh, on third and long, by the way, and he had no chance to pick up the first down, he didn't pick up the first down. He came up about seven yards short. He tries to juke a guy, and that's how the injury happens. And that's absolutely a play that I think a a veteran quarterback or a smarter young quarterback isn't going to make. Like he's learning this lesson the hard way, but in a very short time, like that, that preseason excitement that he's like making some progress, like that was a rough start. Yeah. And at some point you you do have to protect yourself. And we saw Marcus Mariota, the first play of the game for some reason in a similar situation, instead of running back out of bounds, cuts it back inside and takes a hit. And it's like, guys, it's it's week one of the preseason. I know you would like to get a first down. I know you would like to to make plays, especially with Zach Wilson and all of this conversation about his long-term viability and wanting to make a play, but you're not going to be able to do it all on one play. I think he was panicking because he made that interception. It was like my first drive went poorly. My second drive is about to go poorly. I'm going to force it. It reminded me a ton of Jimmy Garoppolo's play that he tore an ACL on back in 2018. Um, where he could have gone out of bounds too. Robert Sala, I believe, was on the sideline for that he game. Was. Uh, Mike LaFleur uh, From was, a PR angle, sure. it might help to be out for three weeks versus having more poor performances that we're talking about well, on this podcast. But right, in but general, you, it's a disaster. You also don't want Joe Flacco and or Mike White outplaying you again this year. But I'm glad for the Jets and for Zach Wilson that it really looks like he's going to be able to play this year. That's what this season's all about, evaluate him. Uh, they were evaluating quarterbacks in Pittsburgh on, what was that, Friday night? That was kind of the main preseason game to me. Steelers, Seahawks. So we're we're going to go through the things we believe in after, and we can just jump around to any game. But this game I just wanted to hit quickly because it has the two genuine quarterback battles, I think, still going on. I don't quite count Carolina as a genuine battle. It just feels like it's Baker's team. I'd agree. They'll just announce it. But Pittsburgh and, and Seattle uh, were interesting. Kenny Pickett, Patrick, who started preseason getting a lot of negative reports, Help to quiet those down with a, a nice performance that maybe gets them a little more look in the coming weeks. And not, I don't think just a, a a settling down type performance. Kenny Pickett comes in and gets a win in Pittsburgh. This home fans are used to watching him in that very stadium. I think Kenny Pickett made a good case. It's going to be hard if he keeps playing like this to say to a fan base, yeah, we, we 
appreciate you guys liking what we did in the preseason, but we're going to get Mitch Trubisky out there and get him some more snaps. <laughs> I, I think it's a hard sell to make. I know Mike Tomlin's going to make this decision based on who plays the best. He said who performs the best in the pocket. Uh, I, I've seen improvement in Kenny Pickett from what we saw from his college tape. I, I think it. I think it's Kenny Pickett. I really do. Mm. I, well, I think there's more, more to go fast. on that. The, I, I, the, the one problem for Mitch Trubisky, who I think, you know, I've been down on Mitch Trubisky his entire career. I thought he looked pretty – he looked fine he in that game. And, and Mike Tomlin, going back to the heart of last season, when he would talk about the future of the position, kept talking about mobility. And Mitch Trubisky – created that and I thought he gave him he, he helped the Steelers in that and you haven't seen that obviously from a guy like Big Ben in a long time he wasn't perfect but Kenny Pickett is out there and you've got the entire stadium yelling Kenny Kenny <laughs> exactly. like that, the dynamic is, pro- is a problem but Kenny was Pickett was not perfect in that game either I mean he was he was fine a lot of his completions were less than 10 yards with yards after the catch I mean Mason Rudolph I thought made the throw of the game to George Pickens who is a, a star already right uh, might have a little Pickens pop coming up later you're right all three quarterbacks had their moments and played pretty well on balance Trubisky you got, if you guys didn't watch the game and I hope that most people listening weren't watching every single game so that's what we're here for we're we're going to yeah. let you know. We're I didn't watch it till this morning. Real talk. But, but I did it in time well, for this show. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah, you're catching up. Uh, Trubisky's offensive line was ter- was just getting yeah. destroyed, which is a little worrisome. And so he did what he could. Uh, you're right. Rudolph made a nice play. Also had like two or really one rough play where he should have been picked off. But otherwise, probably threw the ball the best of the three. And for what it's worth, the Athletics Mark Caboli thinks that Rudolph's actually been the best quarterback in camp. But that he's sometimes a player that's better in practice than games. Yeah, and he also said that with a caveat, right? Like, and it's one of those if the season started today, but if the season started today, it'd be twenty four weeks long. Like, there's right. there, there's a whole lot of things that we have to analyze besides that. But we've seen so much of Mason Rudolph. Like, at a certain point, we know what. Mason well, the Rudolph Steelers have too, and they brought in Trubisky and Pickett. Yeah, exactly. Right, so, the ceiling is evident. Uh, and I, this is why I love doing shows in the studio versus when we were at home for a year plus. I saw just the distaste curdling into Claybon's face as I said something positive about Mason Rudolph. Like it was like he just drank sour milk or just like someone like ripped a no. fart. He just, and I just had to shut no. up and listen to what he was going to say I, next. No ill will for Mason Rudolph. I, I just I would like to see. We haven't seen Mitch in a while. G- give Mitch a chance. He's the if least. It's Mason he's Rudolph. the least like exciting. Yes. Of no, the three he's, options. He's not going to be right. starting. Uh, and it sounds like they want Trubisky to start. But Kaboli kind of pointed out, you know what? Trubisky hasn't really played well in practice either. And Pickett's come on very strong. You're right, Mark. He wasn't like perfect. The one time he really held the ball, um, he did take a sack. I, I went and looked at the time to throw. We're looking at time to throw preseason because it just felt like. The ball was out of his hands so quick, and he was uh, one of the lowest time to throws of any quarterbacks that played this weekend. But I look at that as a positive. Yeah, they were scheming him up well, uh, but he was getting rid of the ball very fast. He was accurate. Um, he's good. He's good throwing on the run. I mean, w- like he kind of can do some things that Mitch can do. He also he it was fourth and one, and he got dragged like right. twenty five yards that behind the line. That should have been how the game ended. He right. he took a bad sack on fourth and one with under a minute left in opponent territory. He actually took the sack behind the fifty. That should have ended the game, but then Drew Locke fumbled the ball right back, and uh, and he got his moment. Pickett got his moment. I think that's I think that stuff matters. The fact that the crowd is chanting Kenny Pickett and he wins the first game. I think Mike Tomlin is like the ultimate football guy, and like he, I th- not that he's gonna say okay, you're starting week one, but I think he likes that his rookie showed up and had a moment. Well, it puts and, a total ticking clock on Mitch Trubisky, and also it, it doesn't just matter from like a feel standpoint. 
the people in Acrisure, Acrisure? Yes. Acrisure <laughs> Stadium have seen a lot of Steelers football, and they're excited for a reason. I, I, I think the, the opportunity that Kenny Pickett has, I, I, I can't discount that feeling. It's no. not just a feeling. When they took him in the first round. They know, they know what they're talking about, too. So here's what's going to happen. He's most likely going to get more reps with starters coming up. And to me, even if he doesn't have much of a chance for a week one start, and maybe he does if he, if he kept it going, every preseason appearance, he's fighting against the week two or three Trubisky that's struggling. Because if he stacks a game or two, pick it like this, then the hook is just going to be that much quicker. Uh, and he, in that last throw, I know the receiver made a play to go win the game, but I, I he, good timing, good anticipation on that throw. He let Tyler it go. Bonds. He let it go. Uh, Pickett did before the guy made his cut. That's perfect. Drew Locke was the opposite, which is that he had uh, some good moments before then. They moved the ball up and down the field, kind of like Pickett, mostly on short throws where guys made plays after the catch. Uh, but his game ended really poorly. And I think that's going to matter to Pete Carroll, who titled his book, Win Forever. And uh, <laughs> the only two bad rap reps that Locke really had the whole game, two ba- really bad reps, were his last two. He had a third and long tie game uh, where he had a wide open receiver in the middle of the field where he would set up for the go-ahead score. He sails the receiver by 10 yards. Then first down, all you got to do is get about 10 yards to go win the game. And I think Pete Carroll cares about winning the game. And he takes a strip sack where Locke admitted he should have seen the free rusher. That was his responsibility. Strip sack loses the game. I I actually think that was meaningful, and I thought Luck didn't have much of a chance to win the week one job over Geno, and now I think he almost has no chance the way that Pete Carroll speaks. I think Geno Smith looks more at home in the offense, which makes sense. He, you know, he's he's been in it. Uh, you know, he he is who he is, and I'm not like for me. I think they kind of want Geno Smith to win the job. I, he he was plagued by a few drops in that game. If you take away those drops, like his numbers were really good, and I just think he, you know, he's. I, I've always thought his ceiling, and sorry, Greg, is is very limited, and they they've signed up for these two quarterbacks at this point. But Geno Smith looks like the better guy to me. If if you're gonna have an example of what you don't want from Drew Locke for the author of Win Forever. Right, it would be to have a bad offensive line slide, right, on a strip sack to lose the game, yeah. and and then um, Gino coming out and just being Gino, right, just operating Which this is offense. a low ceiling, to be fair, and, a and, lower right, ceiling. To be clear, but he, Gino's not going to get you killed, right? <laughs> You're going to be in these games. It's like you you ask yourself, what's the more likely scenario? You start the season with Locke, and then you eventually go to Gino. Or you just ride it out with Geno throughout. And I, I guess there's this this cost idea where you have Locke and there's the potential there and it could turn into something. But how much of that do you really believe? And it's Pete Carroll and John it, Schneider. And I they, just, don't, I, they don't have anything to lose. It's not like they, they have to stake their career on Oh, this. I think they think they're going to win games here this year. They, they can. Or, it's not going to be – the one thing I think with Geno Smith, and it's like we all get what he is. Like I, We watched every team play, and there was good quarterback play – from a variety of spots where you see electricity, you see big plays, and I just don't see that from Geno Smith. He's going to get you. He's a field goal guy. He's going to get you field goals. I I agree in aggregate. He did make two really nice throws in that game, but I think Pete Carroll's favorite rep from Geno might have been a third and six in the red zone or third and 12 in the red zone where he had a lot of time, but everyone was covered 
and then like Pete, and then Gino just dumps it down for a boring six yard gain, and they kick a field goal. Like Pete, Pete Carroll loves that stuff, and that is Gino. Like he's mm-hmm. found his Pete Carroll's found his conservative king. Yeah. Pete, Gino is a conservative quarterback ultimately. Like he'll he'll go for checkdowns, he'll hold on to the ball a little too much, and then I find like the post game pressers always, and just all the quarterback questions to Pete Carroll generally this month uh, funny because whenever the reporter tries to gas up Drew Locke a little bit. Pete Carroll has like a retort. Both quarterbacks were efficient. Um, really, Gino could have been 10 for 10. You know, he had two drops in the, and, and Noah's got to stay inbounds on the ball in the sidelines and, and he hits them all. Um, and we, were, we, we moved the ball around pretty good with, uh, with Drew also. You know that that was, I mean, <laughs> that was like that a, was a, yeah. He was like that was a question where someone actually was like looked like Locke uh, was pretty good. Maybe made some ground here. That that's how he answers it. Gino had one he great throw to too. Noah Font, who was out of bounds. Yeah. Was, but that but but he when you say ten out of ten, if say a person is ten out of ten, you're thinking something. No, Gino's ten out of ten is not what I'm thinking when I think ten out of ten. Yeah, and, and also for Drew Locke, especially in that soundbite for Pete Carroll, the way that he approaches the game. Losing the game on that strip yes. sack, he's definitely not going to sing no. your praises. Like no matter what, how you phrase the question afterwards, uh, I'm sure he was stinging over. Right, that. the one play Gino mentioned too after the game that he was really happy was was reading uh, a pretty creative blitz by the Steelers too, where he found the dump off for a first down. I think it was the running back, and it ended up being a first down. And it was like that's what Pete Carroll loves. That's why he yeah. wants Geno Smith. It might not be exciting, but we're getting Geno. And that's also, you're gonna freaking believe it. That's we're also getting Gino. You're gonna get both, and games. it's not exciting. I, like I just I don't have to agree that it's exciting. Greg. No, this is I, you. This is your world, and you, I'm glad it's, it's happening for you. But it's, it's more not that after all these years. Geno Smith is really going to be a week one starter in the NFL. You have, a, you have, a, you have time, a hyper fascination have for middling QBs. Yes. I don't get it. All yes. it took was a franchise punting on their Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took. That all was right. the journey to get there. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully the Ravens uh, will never punt on, on their franchise Hall of Fame quarterback, Lamar Jackson. That's our final bit of news. Lamar Jackson mentioned this weekend that he's kind of set a deadline it was phrased to him, is that a hard deadline? And he essentially said yes, answering the question. He didn't put it out there, but that was the question that was asked to him in terms of a contract um, discussion that if he gets to week one, he doesn't want to uh, talk contract anymore, and he would uh, enter a contract year next year. Best way to do it. Yeah, and that's Lamar's been consistent with this. We were in Owings Mills for the start of training camp, and Scott Pioli, who was with the organization when they moved uh, to Baltimore in the first place, reported that they were confident that they were going to get this done. And, huh. and Lamar said that I missed that that he was confident. Uh, they were having discussions, which is always a good sign when when you're still having having the chat. But if if the number is not what Lamar wants, uh, he's perfectly content uh, seeing what's happened. We saw. Dak Prescott's leg in two pieces, and he still got his contract. I, I think Lamar is confident that if the number's not right, he'll play this season, and it's only going to get bigger. The, the number's only going to go up a, as the season goes on. So it's it's up to them to, to find the number that works. He's never panicked. He's been extremely kind of low-key and chill about it, and I just think like it's not. there's no scenario here that, that they both like each other. We'll see yeah. if it happens before the season. Some boots on the ground reporting here from Clay Bond. In, in Baltimore, how was it? Um, you know, you've, you've, you know, I don't think of you as like, 
a guy who puts his emotions on his sleeves a lot <laughs> with players or teams. But you're a pretty big Lamar Jackson fan. So you interviewed him on NFL Network. Was that uh, how was that like it, it, as a fan to interview like someone like that? It, it was a pre- it was a pretty nice moment because it was <laughs> it was on Back Together Saturday and there was a okay. fireworks show and and kids are holding up jerseys for Lamar to sign and he's coming through and, and doing everything. It was just one of those I love my job type moments and also cool to dap up Lamar, uh, who says he he kind of downplayed his body changing but he's up in the 220s now says his rookie year he was at 202 but do you think he knows you're a fan Uh, probably not you know it's not not like oh hey Lamar like I I try not to bother people like if I see somebody in the airport I think the last time I asked for an autograph was Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1997 Mm. in in the terminal in Charlotte yeah but other than that you know I, I just try to you know hey hey appreciate you thanks for thanks for stopping by that's that's my attitude as Dan would say, pro, bros who are pros. Yeah, you don't vibe fanboy that's no, going to lose no. his, he- his head on the NFL curious. Network if, there. So. No. I'm just saying if there was one player it would yeah. happen, that would have been it. So and, I was and curious. I mean, Lamar, I've blocked over 5,000 people on Twitter because of you. So <laughs> that, that, that's, how, that's how we roll. Uh, that is amazing. And that is it for the news. Let's take a quick commercial break. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's get to the preseason games. We've already started to hit on it, uh, but we're uh, now going to talk about some things over the weekend and we're taping this after uh, all 16 games because we didn't talk about that Patriots Giants game and the two games that were on Thursday so I'm opening the floor to you two and and I'll throw some out there it's hard to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff in uh, the preseason. That's an old phrase I don't really understand. Separate what matters, what doesn't, what we we actually believe in. More, More of a berry guy. Greg Farming Ball. used to be <laughs> very mean, important a, to the world. A bigger, I mean, it still is quite important. It, right. But it was like a bigger. Food is good. It was a bigger percentage of the economy back in the day. And it's of workers. Yeah, I think like yeah. farming nomenclature and you know parables worked probably better back then than than now. I mean, you're making here in LA. You're making fun of me, but how many farms have you ever worked at in your life? I worked on a farm in Australia, actually. Oh dang! See. What about you? The international farm. I'm I'm zero for zero. So on, me and Mark are tied at one each. <laughs> Yeah, you tell, guys have got me. Tell beat. family farms. It'd be probably better for us to to all know a little bit more about agriculture. You know, it was good. Yeah. It was a good experience. Unfortunately, you learned about yeah, like uh, that these farms largely rely on illegal immigration, and there's, there's problems. Well, there not the too. farm I worked on. I'm and then exploring those immigrants. Right, that's what I. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, let's throw out what we believe on. Let believe in. Let's let's start with Mark. Why not? It, it, it's it's so easy. I just put these in order. I, I, I you know I like you, Greg. I you know your weekends going up and down. I watched some of these games, a lot of them yesterday, and I I caught fr- you know a bit of the live action of this, the Niners versus the Packers, and I could tell it was one of the better preseason games around. But Trey Lance, because we've spent months and months and months wondering whether he can play or not, whether Kyle Shanahan didn't actually want him, but maybe the front office did. John Lynch. And then you watch what happened in that game and his arm, and it's like, oh, this is why Jimmy G is a persona non grata in San Francisco at this point. 
the 76-yard laser bolt to Danny Gray, who is also a fascinating young wide receiver, extremely fast, 4-3 speed, was incredible to watch. I mean, it's like there aren't a lot of moments in the preseason that just make you feel something mm. within. And that did because suddenly the Niners feel completely different to me. And then the 39-yard touchdown to Raven McLeod. I mean, he can just do it. And I, it are both these go routes where it's like it changes what the Niners offense can be. And I think if you're Kyle Shanahan, you are freaking out inside after what you saw. Because <laughs> they've seen it in practice. I mean, okay. even, even last summer. You talked about how much more aggressive he was on certain plays than Jimmy G. And I think he had that finger injury at the end of last season that limited his performances in general. And you kind of went into the offseason wondering, who is Trey Lance? At this point, the what with what I saw, I look at the Niners and think their stock is totally up, if this is what he is. I'm sure there's, you know, there have been practice reports that have been a little up and down too. But maybe you get to the games and he can do this because they've got someone like Danny Gray, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, you've got weapons that can beat secondaries, and you've got a quarterback that can find them. It changes everything for San Francisco. And it's not even with the full running game on display uh, because Trey's not going to have too many keepers in the preseason. And it's Honestly, it's not going to be Trey Sermon back there. You're going to have more speed in the backfield. It's just going to look totally different. It's going to be catered to Trey. And unfortunately for the Jimmy G era, the thing we're going to remember is the pass to Manny Sanders that wasn't. And we're going to think about the the missed opportunities deep and Trey steps in and you feel better about it. You, you think the offense is going to be better on the short end and also, you know, the, it, Jimmy had problems in the intermediate, right? Not seeing linebackers sometimes. I, I think the sky's the limit. I'm with you right there, Mark. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe You were excited. Lance. I know you were, you were watching that one live. Yes. Little Trey Lance action. It, that was really, about as good as the preseason's going to get it. To be fair, Trey Lance. Yeah, can I say Jordan one thing Love. that's annoying about the preseason where you have to I, I watched it yesterday and I was like, I want to tweet something about Trey Lance and it got like three likes because it's like, bro, that game was days ago. Like yeah. who, you gotta you make do? yeah, you gotta make the, it's tricky. It uh, you just gotta not do it. And, and you gotta find a time where everybody's watching the same right. game and it's like you're <laughs> You gotta I, make it spice if it's the next day, then it's gotta be more of like a, a Trey Lance for the season take. Well it was almost. also a very milk toast tweet. Didn't see it. Well, no, that's it was, probably I, I said problem. um like just catching up now or something. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, loser. <laughs> like, why are you bothering us with this? So it was it was unnecessary. You yeah, know I what? learned a lesson. I think that is a lesson. Yeah. You don't want to do the just catching up now. You just, yeah. just oh, skip I, that I also, part. I hate when people it, do tweets like, hey, guys, I'm watching film right now. It's like, hey, listen, nerd, <laughs> just, don't care. We'll just like, get to the real part. We right. know you're watching. Right. That's the, what the tweet tells you. It's kind of like if you're hosting a podcast, and if there's any uh, listeners out there, and I still make this mistake, Don't you don't need to like – Say as I tweeted. This is not what you just did, actually, because you <laughs> right. made it into a story. Well, I'm uh, killing you myself. Said, or yeah. as I said in like the chat, or as I, you know, yeah. just say it. <laughs> just say it. Go right to the, go right to the as money. I uh, Danny Danny Gray was a, has been a guy that has gotten a lot of like fire from Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. He tends because he played receiver. I think he's like hard on the receivers. Mm. That's that's at least the rep. He was like that with Ayuk. He's been Definitely. like that with Debo very early on, and he's like that with Danny Gray. So I th- they really that that to me is actually a good sign for Danny Gray. They want Danny Gray to really be a bigger part. And Brandon Ayuk, it's worked with because he's been the star right. of their camp. And if you ha- and if you're making a scenario of how you wanted Trey Lance's first uh, 15 months as a 49er to go, if you had said beforehand. We make the NFC Championship with Jimmy G. We have what looks like on paper to be a top five defense going into 2022 and a great running game. So, the pre- you know, he's not going to have to do as much. And we've got uh, Debo Samuel is like an MVP candidate and Ayuk is, you know, peaking. 
Well, that sounds about ideal. It actually <laughs> sounds like exactly how you would want uh, to develop uh, this young quarterback. What, what's something you believe in, Claybon? After watching one week of, of the preseason and getting a chance to see them in practice, I believe in the Jags' defense. People wonder about you. You have back-to-back number one overall picks. You take Trayvon Walker, and it's like, oh, I don't know if he's got the polish. It's it's there. Uh, Trayvon Walker is solid against the run. The power. People wondered if that would show up at the next level. It's there. I, I think this this defense, because Doug Peterson and the offense are going to get a whole lot of attention. We saw how they performed against Carson Wentz. There's the Carson Wentz caveat. It was Carson Wentz in the last week of the season. But I, I believe, and of course, the cloud of Urban Meyer is gone. They, they don't have to deal with that. They can kind of get treated like adults, which Josh Allen said. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Jags defense in 2020. And when you talk, like we talk about the bad teams last year that have a chance to get a bunch more wins. I think the Jaguars are right in that conversation. And, and I know everyone was picking the Jets as that, and, and they could be too, but the Jaguars with good coaching versus what the apocalyptic scenario that happened a year <laughs> ago. That, literally players needed like <laughs> psychological recovery from that, the way they talked about it. There's stability there. I thought Trevor Lawrence looked a lot better in that offense in yeah. this game in the short m- moment that we saw him. But you're right, two weeks in a row, the defense has been pretty fiery. Yeah, Trayvon Walker, uh, he helped force a fumble where he just – like exploded. I mean, you could just you can just see it with some guys. There, even though he looked like he's more athletic than the other guys in the SEC, he still looks like that in, in the NFL. And Tyson Campbell is another defensive player uh, that they seem to be really excited about. That's been flashing. I'm gonna go uh, with a rookie as well. The rookies are ultimately the most in, in interesting, I would say, part of the preseason. And you mentioned George Pickens oh, before. Whoa. And I'm going to be that guy when you have a take in the offseason. Uh, you only have to wait one preseason game to have it confirmed. My <laughs> priors are confirmed. George Pickens is awesome. Uh, I, I Just when you watch this college tape, he seemed like he might be the best receiver in this class just based off of his tape. But he was coming off of a torn ACL. And there was some off-field you know, stuff. Okay, Mike Tomlin is exactly the team and the coach that you want a player to land in. At some point, all these receivers that they draft in the middle rounds that usually fall for whatever reason, people give all the credit to Kevin Colbert, and, and they, he should get a lot of it. He, he spots talent. He picks the right guys. But there's a reason why they all seem to work out, because they're on Mike Tomlin's team. Like, he yeah. creates a structure – and a system, and it, and you can change who the offensive coordinator is. Sometimes it's a baller like Bruce Arians. Uh, sometimes it's not. You know, uh, whatever it is, the receivers tend to work out because I think Mike Tomlin has a way to reach players, to create a structure where these players thrive. And George Pickens to go off and another Mark Caboli uh, in the athletic sentence said that before this game. He's literally never seen a, a rookie been better this fast. That that this early in camp, that they're this good every single day as George Pickens. And unlike Jamison Williams, who got taken first, and I was debating between Williams and Pickens as my top two in my rankings. I went Williams first, Pickens second. You got to worry about that ACL sur- you know, recovery while he was still in college. Now he's good. He he returns for the very end of the Georgia season, and so now he actually has some time away from it. And he made that catch on the Mason Rudolph um, throw that you mentioned. That was just like a really high level touchdown catch. I know it's one play, uh, but he also made a, a really tough contested catch on the sidelines. I think he's gonna be a guy 
from from the get go. He's so complete, and it's like I I was getting um like year two or three Josh Gordon vibes from him. Just to be honest, I mean, he, the, he, as a blocker, if you go watch when other like runners are coming around, he just is looking for someone to blow up. And there's that one Twitter clip that went viral where he just went up and jacked a Seahawks cornerback to the ground, and he went like three and or four yards. He didn't four even four need yards. to. He no, just he did it because he wanted he's, to. He's like out there and looking to create to him. disaster. And I mean, I he he's just so complete to me. He looks like a, a year seven pro. Um, he can make the sideline catches. It was the touchdown catch. He sort of does it all. And it's like he's the new DK Metcalf where it's like he's going to be kept talked about all the guys that went before him. And he uh, somehow the Steelers have found another one of these people. I know their quarterback play is going to be up and down, but they've got weapons. And, and here's the thing, because Greg mentioned it, right? If not for the ACL injury towards the end of his career at Georgia, there's no way George Pickens is going 52. Right. Uh, he burst onto the same, also Birmingham, Alabama's own uh, George Pickens. He was Shout the MVP of his bowl game yeah. as a as a freshman. And, and the talent, <laughs> the talent is there. The size, the physicality is there. And people were just wondering about his recovery from the knee. Uh, but it's there. Like George Pickens is back. He's had all of his time to recover. And now it's just we're dealing with the Steelers having another receiver that everybody else was like uh, nitpicking on and taking other guys, but the talent is undeniable. Like, pick it to Pickens? Like, is that going to be, like, the next 15 years of our life? I uh, and, and Deontay Johnson's now around for the next couple years. They love Fryermuth. Uh To use a fantasy term, I'd be fading uh, Chase Claypool oh, stock wow. slightly Claypool. just because I think ultimately they're kind of similar players, and Pickens will cut into – if you were hoping for a Claypool yeah. renaissance, he's got to come into it. Not that Claypool is going to have a bad season or not, but I, you know, I just don't know how many. Yeah, there's only so many targets that's right. going to come out of either Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph or Mitchell Trubisky. It, it, there's only so many balls to go around because Najee Harris is going to occupy most of the touches on this offense anyway. Right. Let's take a quick break, shall we? Ooh, good, good. I'm going to uh, be a host. Good host work right yeah. now. I'm going to, you know, I'm a little late on this, Sean Kelly, and now you're just going to have to figure out how the breaks work. Let's do it. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we are back. Uh, Mark, what do you got? Fourth round pick out of Florida, going to a team we almost never talk about unless we're making fun of them, the Houston Texans. Damian Pierce, running back, automatically their lead running back, in my opinion. I think he was the most enjoyable runner I watched of any of the games. It's one of those running backs where he blasts through the line of scrimmage, and suddenly, even though there's like four defenders in his face, he's seven yards ahead. <laughs> he, every gain was seven yards, eight yards, nine yards. Had a great 20-yard gain. There was one place, great, incredible low center of gravity, where he got knocked down, and he just used his hand to spring back up, and bang, he's 12 yards down the field. He, I think, gives the Texans something they can really anchor around. And I know that it's like easy just to forget about the Texans, but we talked about them in our over-under episode. And I, I took them clearly for the over. We both like them as we, our favorite, among our favorite overs. Favorite over, because I think it was 5.5. It's I mean, 4.5. <laughs> it's not hard to win. They won four games a year ago. They have a good running back. I think they have a quarterback they can work with. They've got a couple wide receivers. But Damian Pierce, I know they have Marlon Mack. I, Marlon Mack is automatically the second option right there. I mean, he just, to me, was poetic. 
has the Ooh. speed, the yes. burst, just enjoyable to watch. If you, I, I don't. How many people here have watched the Houston Texans game in the last year? Go dial up his reps, and you will see in this game that he's the real deal. I'm excited to watch the Texans now. Yeah, it was like, and it was five, and you're right, and. I know we also say, like, don't totally get, you know, don't overreact to the preseason. But we, we mentioned how, Wes, and I think this is true, with running backs, A, you're earning a role. And then, B, it's not that hard to see. His cutting on a dime, he, he just, like, stops and starts. And then the burst is just there. And he's not afraid to run people over. And, oh, by the way, he's been getting crazy hype. And he was the first name that Lovey Smith said when they asked for a player after right, the game that, yeah. that impressed you. And he just... He looks like one of those guys that can see the field. Like in in two or three of his runs, when he made his cut, he found exactly the right hole. And he's just like, you can't really teach that. You're a half second ahead of the defense. He had that. And so, yeah, it was a good weekend for random rookie running backs. I feel like it's a little bit of a tandem. Pierce might be like a straight-up starter and a totally under what, what's his average draft position at this point? It, it's, it's like gonna be. T- it's almost it's too crazy. late. Well, it's, I mean, it after, just went up a bunch. Yeah, after listening to Mark, it's gonna it's gonna go up. And, and honestly, as people are watching these games and going through, you're gonna see the shifts in the ADP, uh, especially for these for because these young he guys. Might, because it's it's a value position, and when you can have a running back in an offense, it's gonna that people are kind of staying away from. It, it's you're just looking for touches at a certain point. In right. The draft. There's a there's who's a, gonna take him off the field. Right, Marlon Mack it's hasn't Marlon looked Mack, the same since his Achilles. I think Burkhead's still on that team. Like, uh, he has a chance to have 250 touches. So to me, whatever his ADP is, it's not high enough no. right now because there's a legit chance he has 250 p- touches. I kind of group him with Isaiah Pacheco. I don't, I don't know how to say his last. Is that how you say his last name? Uh, so I'm gonna just throw him out too. I don't think Pacheco has a chance to have as many touches, but where these players are used is absolutely instructive. And he had snaps with Patrick Mahomes and the first team. It's like so long Ronald Jones. I don't know if Ronald Jones is going to make the team or not. I think there's a pretty decent chance he doesn't at this point if everyone stays healthy. He like finished the game, didn't he? But the fact Pacheco's out there, um, and you can see it with him too. I don't think he's going to have as many touches because, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is there and Jarek McKinnon's probably going to make that team and they'll they'll mix and match. But the fact they're already using him with – Patrick Mahomes and this is a seventh round pick that tells me a lot and he just like looks cool he just yeah. has a cool running style a little like Fred Taylor-ish uh, I like him and he's got the, the number advantage does have a thing because we associate the number with Tyreek Hill and so you see a person in well, number true, 10 yeah. Yeah. in the Chiefs and that's I when he's the returner so he's active on game days yeah. and he looks like a baller returner too so maybe he's not your fr- you know nothing but upside if you're, if you're choosing right if we're talking fantasy and, and you're looking at a running back the, the upside's higher with Pacheco than it is with Rojo I, I think that's safe I do oh, yeah. feel like we I were don't, saying at this, this point do not draft Ronald Jones I don't think he's gonna make that team I feel like we were, were two years from three years removed from like over hyping Clyde Edwards Hilaire to the skies and then it was <laughs> I didn't a, well all right you didn't but I mean it happened like systematically you came out of the Blocks game busters. Okay, though. that's true. Yeah, that's right. That week one game too. Where did he, you notice how great. like uh, and Nate Tice tweeted about this too that they were they were just eye formation over and over with Michael mm-hmm. Burton lined up at fullback and then running back fill in the blank behind him pounding away and it just they, they looked like like a different offense. Their offensive line. That's what on paper they do well. Creed Humphrey, um, the the other rookie last year. I'm blanking Smith. Trey Smith. Uh, 
Orlando Brown. Like mm-hmm. those guys are maulers, and they look good last year. They should be able to run and pass well. Claybon, what do you got? I, I don't ding me for it. I was watching the game. I believe that the Detroit Lions are an exciting and fun football team you. to watch. Oh, sure. I, I just, I and maybe it's the hard they were knocks last bump. Year. And and I I see DeAndre Swift getting getting all these carries and the opportunity. I see Jared looking pretty good. It, it's hard, you know. Fool me a million times, I'm still getting fooled. But I, I am. I had fun watching the Detroit Lions, and I will continue to watch the Detroit Lions. I'm guilty. Well, you know what's? I mean, but offensive line play creates a lot of things for them. And like they, and and, and I think Goff, there was a, a incredible rollout play to Amon Ross St. Brown, which yeah. was set up because they were pounding away at the Falcons with their run game, with their offensive line. I just think it's a good environment for a mid-tier quarterback and they're they're a team that like they are they were interesting a year ago but they kind of went when they could remind me of the eagles a little bit not with their skill position player but it's like build up your lines and dominate yeah. from there and like aiden hutchinson someone else we can talk about too but i mean the way that their offense is set up they're they they marched right down the field and scored a touchdown and i don't think that's false i think there's something to look at there and say this can carry into the regular season i'm curious and they have a great coaching staff yeah i'm curious how they use their guys in the season some teams like the eagles and this is and, and i think the chiefs might be in We'll see, though, that Andy Reid likes to play starters. Some might use their guys in week one and then not again because they have these joint practices coming up, and then they use – they think that's kind of the game. I know it sounds like the Eagles, for instance, play their starters a little bit this weekend, and then they're not going to play again. So each team approaches it differently. I'm curious. I'm with you, though, that for a three-win team, if you just watch the Lions each and every week – they had entertaining games. Yeah. Their offense was fairly entertaining, considering, and they were always like in these games, and they were they were fun games to watch. Uh, what do you? What else you got, Mark? And we, can, if you really want to get negative, you could like spin this somehow. I think there's, like, there's things like, I believe in. I believe that this thing isn't going to work. You you know could, but I mostly we've there's got twenty positive. more weeks, twenty five more weeks okay. to get negative. I, okay. I, I I'd You've like to positive. stay positive here in, in August. Um, this is not a player that is uh, going to see the field this season, I don't think, unless a utter disaster takes place. But I really enjoyed watching Trace McSorley. I talked about okay, him before. now maybe you should have gone negative. I'll say this, just go watch <laughs> Trace McSorley. But okay. I'll, I will spin okay. off to this. I will talk about Agent Hutchinson. Oh, Agent Hutchinson. <laughs> Hutchinson, like to me, was dominant in his first performance. Sorry, Mark. There's a one point where he just... Jake Matthews, the Falcons' left tackle... Does the thing where he tries to, you know, get get like take care of him. Like Hutchins just like vanishes through him, like throw a portal into the backfield, takes out the running back. There's another play where he's he's burning across the field to chase Mariota, who suddenly on a bootleg is going the other way. He just spins around with superhuman speed, runs to the other sideline and bumps Mariota out of bounds. And I just thought Aiden Hutchinson could not have showed more to say he is exactly what they wanted. Sometimes that does not work. You get you draft that pass rusher first overall, second overall, and it does not it does not happen. I mean, we love him on hard knocks, but on the field, he delivered masterclass. I'm so glad you said superhuman speed, Mark, because it, there's so many times, and I know it's a Detroit and it's the Motor City, but the motor thing always happens, and it's like. Aiden Hutchinson does a spin move, jumps over a guy, and then uses incredible speed to get a quarterback. And it's like, oh, look at this guy's motor. It's like, no. No, I don't want to say that. <laughs> this guy is extremely athletic. It's not that he's trying harder than everybody. He's incredible. And I, it was another – again, I hate to go back, but it's like, this is fun. Yeah, This right. is fun, I believe. Like, they, they, they're making good picks. I like what the staff has done. I, I'm, hurt me. 
Go I, ahead and hurt me. I'm sorry for stepping on your McSorley. We can have well, quick I, points I, here. I would say go watch McSorley's tape. I sort of forgot that he wasn't it. even he was on the incredible. Ravens, to be honest. So he's on the Cardinals. So he's he, on the, he, and he, you yeah. know what? He no could be their backup. I love Colt McCoy, but he is a better backup for their offense because he does Kyler Murray type things. And he just threw a couple moments where he just would disappear into a scrum of enemy defenders. And then, bang, circles back around and made a play. And he's running all over the place. Like He's just enjoyable. We may not see him again. What if they get an entire quarterback room of small quarterbacks? Like, what if that's well, that thing? is Well, that it's is not, the worst, not the worst idea. <laughs> that is what they've done. Uh, you, if, you had a ch- if you were having another child, I know you have some 20-year-olds just floating around the area. Yeah, I'm not having another child okay, at this point. Okay, but if point, you did, maybe, yeah. Trace, just like you, Colt is your uh, youngest son. Yes. They're in the same room. He feels like a similar vibe. Uh, hey, look, the I'll, Ravens. I'll consider that, correct. The Ravens develop quarterbacks. I mean, look at right now. Hundley might be my favorite backup in the league. Kind of came out of nowhere. Looked good in their preseason game. Trace McSorley comes from there. It looks like he's learned some things. You're right. I it's like no it. surprise. You get an organization that treats people right and gives people opportunities, and like lo and behold, right? <laughs> Tyrod. People forget. Like people slag on Tyrod. It's like uh, this is a sixth round pick who once made a Pro Bowl and is like cast. Uh, multiple good long-term contracts. He's had an incredible career, Tyrod Taylor. I don't know why I just got on that front. I- I'm going to say um, a take that I believe in. Oh, okay. 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 And I- you have to be careful with the Titans fans these days, and-, and we don't have Graver here. But I just think it's August 15th, and I think this is a true statement. And if you had said this statement in June, uh, you would have been like, what? What are you talking about? Kyle Phillips, their rookie receiver, slot receiver, at this moment, I, I believe, has a more secure week one role than Traylon Burks, mm. which is which is odd. You you wouldn't have expected that. Now, depending on who you listen to, I don't want to get into the Traylon Burks is having a good camp or not um, discussion. It's like some people say he's looked fine. Some people say he doesn't. The reality is he, he was playing with – the backups deep into the fourth quarter. And that's unusual. He was the only one of the first and second round picks at receiver to be doing that. And that that might just be what Mike Vrabel wants to do. He just wants to get him out there, and it doesn't say much about Trey Lundberg. And it's also a totally normal part of Burks's development. But just in terms of where he was slotted, he was sort of slotted sixth, seventh receiver, and he's out there. Kyle Phillips, also a rookie, uh, played three snaps. Or six snaps, something like that. Had as many targets, by the way, as Burks in that game. They each had one. It, it looks like, by all the reporting, that Phillips is going to have a week one role as kind of that smaller slot guy. Uh, Phillips, rather, is going to have that role, week one slot guy, whereas Burks is battling. And right now, like Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook, Akina sat out that game, kind of look like the starters. And at, at the very least, Burks is sort of splitting reps and battling with Westbrook, Akina, and might not come out of the gates getting that full complement of snaps. I, I think that's a fair interpretation of what we're seeing so far. And it doesn't mean that by week five, because this is how it happens with rookies often, that Burks is, isn't getting all those snaps. I think that's what the Titans are hoping. And I think that's why they're playing him this much in the preseason, because they're trying to build him to that point. But the reason he's playing all those snaps, I, I believe, is because they think they he needs him right Can I now. have a take off your take? Okay. Do I think because of the presence of Gravedigger, and I understand what happened with that report around Traylon Burks. 
you're almost being too, you're acquiescing into them too much because I think you're exactly right. If they're in love with him, if they prize him, if he's had a great camp, if all things are going wonderfully, he's not play, he's not finishing the game. That's highly unusual usage of a first round pick. It's all we need to see. Someone somehow had Nathan uh, Janky uh, Janky uh, at PFF. I probably butchered that. He somehow had the stats that DJ Moore was the only other first-round pick to play into the fourth quarter of his first preseason. I think the Titans like, are trying to send bizarre. a message to him and I was like, well, that's us. good company. It's good company. It's, it's tough to take too much away from – because obviously the the reason that we're talking about it is because Vrabel and company are approaching it in, in this certain way. But because Traylon's not beating out NWI at this point, it might not be exceedingly negative for Traylon – Maybe it's just Nick Westbrook-Akine is having a solid uh, right. step a, into the fold. And he was good in parts last year. He had a big role a on a receiver. He had a big role on a team that, you know, had the one seed. So It's not like Westbrook-Akine is coming out of nowhere. Nope. But, but he's but, playing behind, like, Racy McMath in these games. Who, who had a who they couple keep big talking plays. To. He had a couple big plays in that game. That's so. a little more concerning. But he might be the four. Kyle Phillips was actually the guy I wanted to put out there because I, I had no idea until I was, like, yeah. researching for this column – uh, which everyone should check out on NFL.com. It's uh, 59 takeaways <laughs> from uh, preseason week one well, and last you know, week. Be careful, though, because last time one got wiped off the board due to news breaking. So is, At this point, I think they're locked in. Okay, it was good. 51 last week. I've stepped it up. It's 59. It's everything in one place. The public has a Pavlovian reaction to seeing Greg Rosenthal and then a number. Yes. Like whatever the number is, it's like, oh, this this is it. I got, I got a key in. So 50, whether it's 59, 60, 64. You know, you know where it comes from? I, I um, used to be the editor of the fantasy magazine at Roto World, which mm. Beckett would produce. But it was the Roto World fantasy magazine okay. pre- presented by Beckett. And they told me, go with the weird numbers. Don't go 50 on the front for – Give, make it like 67. I like it. You know, it's atypical. It, they said that yeah. sells better at the back in the – and that's not really why I'm doing that. I just am writing as many things as I think are interesting. Presented and then, by Beckett. And then stopping. Uh, but that's that was what their take was back in the day. Claybon, what do you got? I Okay, so coming into the season, I I know I, I, I've been negative about backup quarterbacks at times. Um, and it's not to be negative about the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders right now. But oh, okay. Sam Howell looked really good. Oh, okay, that's positive. Sam Howell right. looked good, and it, it's not – this is not a – Carson, I support you. Uh, this is not noise that you have to tune out. Uh, you had an MVP caliber campaign a few years ago. You, you've got a Super Bowl ring. Um, yeah, but Sam Howell looked really good. For the, for the Washington Commanders, and he made plays inside and outside of the pocket. He operated the offense well. I I, I think Sam Howell could get some run here in mm. 2020. Well, and that's a team that could vie for the first overall pick. I mean, I, or they, they just there's not a lot of spice around the Commanders right now. And if, and if Carson struggles and they get into a position where they're out of the race, he could just start the last five or six games of the year. And it could be the third As we team all know, in a row. Decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. And, and he did take command in that game. He was ten of thirteen. It was, it was pretty good. He also he he so did. Sam Howell though. You're Numbers saying wise, could but, be taking command. Yeah, maybe. Didn't Possibly. he look just like Carson Wentz? And I'm not trying to be negative because I. It's like listen. He. I don't know what they're asking him to do in that game, but like it was fine Who? numbers. But Carson Wentz. But he did not. He did not oh, like Carson Wentz. Just sort of looked like I Carson not, Wentz to me. Not broken down that. Uh, it, and told, I am curious to watch Howell, though. I think I'm going to. If you know some lower tier 
rookies, if you guys are just curious out there, Matt Corral really struggled yeah. with, the, with the Panthers. Had the most bizarre game-winning drive ever. That was all penalties, but he, I think he was one for nine. And Howell kind of was the other guy, like Corral, that fell further. I, I guess Malik Willis, too. Let's throw him in there, who I would say had some really flashy plays and then also held the ball a lot and, and upset Mike Rabel for that, but also showed some really fun, good plays. Um, and I guess you're saying Howell, who I haven't gotten a chance to watch, was a little spicy. Yeah, That's a little, interesting. A little spicy. Made plays with, made plays with okay. his feet. Uh, I, I I like it. This is a guy who he's got a, a couple, howitzer. Who a couple years ago, yeah, people saw their arm talent. Now this guy could go number one overall, and it didn't work out that way. But now he's got another opportunity. Well, he's another guy to a lesser degree uh, than Pickett, and and I would even throw Corral in this mix if he had a better preseason. But he's off to a really bad start. Um, which is if Howell does have three good weeks, we're gonna see him. In, yeah. in December. And and if Corral has three good weeks, which it looks like he's not going to have now, he, he won't, then if he has three weeks like this where he struggles, we won't see him in December. I, yeah, that's fair. I think for Corral, though, there's there's a huge hurdle in a quarterback battle going on in front of you and those guys that's occupying true. so many reps that probably he's 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 playing with a with a right. crappy hand right for now. what it's worth yeah. uh you know Baker and Darnold both uh didn't play that long and both looked fine there wasn't any huge uh, takeaways while we're on Washington just quickly i i did have a takeaway from that game which was i i do sense the backfield's going to be a committee there uh so i i love Antonio Gibson as a player so i wouldn't be fading him uh but i just have a feeling that Brian Robinson is Ron Rivera's type of running back runs aggressively. He's like a downhill runner. They also have J.D. McKissick there, uh, and Gibson fumbled in that game, and it just feels like they're all going to get run. Brian Robinson is going to get run because that's Ron Rivera's dude, and Ron Rivera's trying to bring it back to smash and dash. D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, maybe the best backfield, dual backfield in my history of covering the NFL. The the one I would put in front of him would be – uh, Fred Taylor and MJD. But that would might be my one-two punch. Yeah, what do pretty, you think? That's pretty good. Gibson pretty had a good. terrible fumble in that game, too, which I know Ron Rivera would not like. He, but he had six fumbles last year, yeah, too. It's so. been a lingering issue. I, I I love Ron Rivera trying to go back and do what worked in, like, 2004. I mean, that's very <laughs> Ron Rivera-ish. Well, but, uh, it, to be fair, those might be the two. You know, they have pretty good skill talent. They have good running backs. They have pretty good receivers if Jahan They did last year, up. too. Right. Like, I don't mind that. I like Antonio Gibson, but I do think it's effective to use all your good running backs. Why not? Uh, all right, let's go around one more time, speed round, and say goodbye. Uh, love Romeo Dobbs. I, I know, uh, you know, oh, with Christian Wilkinson out of the lineup right now, and it, it's like Romeo Dobbs, um, I, I thought he looked fantastic against the Niners. And, you know, Jordan Love, conversely, I, I just view Jordan Love as a backup forever. I, I do not see it with him. And, I, and he, had, he had there were three interceptions. Two of them were not on him. But one of them was, but I just I see Jordan Love with constant overthrows. I'm just not, I just don't find it with him. I'm going to watch him closely the next couple of weeks too. I want to see more. He's always intriguing to me. He, the thing I think about, and this was this game in a nutshell. He led PFF last year in um, big time throws per snap. And granted, it was a limited sample size in the preseason. I believe in the preseason and the regular season, and he led. PFF in turnover-worthy plays <laughs> per snap. So it's yeah. like you're getting it all with Jordan Love. Yeah, I see that. I think, but at least game, these, at least there's the the high side. Yeah, he had he had one him. great touchdown throw in this too. So I'm not. That's it, what it's I mean. Both there, but like there's he, some guys you never see the high side, and yep. they get taken in the first round. You know, and so he does not I vibe as a too. first round pick for me. But Romeo Dobbs, though, I mean, I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been talking about him all camp, 
and I think he's got immediate playing time. It's impossible to keep him off the field. And suddenly that wide receiver room looks a little bit better than we were, you know, panicking over a couple months ago. Yeah, we saw him in the slot. We saw him out wide. Like, it's it's all Dobbs. It's actually crowded. I don't know, like, is someone strange? I don't think anyone weird is going to get cut, but they actually have five or six guys. Like, if Dobbs is starting, and I did learn over the last week it's Dobbs, not Dubs, and, and you guys have been saying it right. Apparently I was saying it wrong. It's too bad. Dubs would. What a great name. You would prefer would, him that, that to would be work. named Dubs? Romeo Dubs. Yes. <laughs> That's like a, an all-time receiver name. <laughs> I'd be saving Romeo Dubs for the next. His name's Romeo. I mean, come on. I mean, that's great, too. He's still like an 8.5 out of 10, but Romeo Dubs is an all-timer. I see. Well, he could change it. All these players are changing their, their yeah. names left and right. Like, but but at this point, yeah, he, he's going to have a week run role, maybe as a starter. What, you know, Watkins is the guy who was like, are we sure Watkins and Cobb are going to make the team? I guess. I don't know. You have to think Randall Cobb's going to make the team. Right, because right? Amari <laughs> Rodgers, they're not going to trust Amari Rodgers like as their slot guy. Dubs has been playing more on the outside, but he could play a little inside too. Just saying. Uh, my last one quickly, and we'll give you one more, Claybon. Is, yeah. Um, as a cognoscenti, um, we just – we assume too much out of these rookies in May. Now, some of these late-round guys are stepping up quick that you wouldn't have expected. We talked about the running backs. We talked about dubs. And then there's other guys. People are just slotting in um, Lewisine uh, to the the Minnesota backfield uh, right away. They were um, slotting in Elam, too, into like, okay, now we've added these first two uh, picks and they're going to start for, for the Vikings. Andrew Booth is who I'm thinking of, and Lewis Seen, rather. Mm-hmm. And both of them right now are behind guys uh, that have been there. Cam Bynum at free safety and uh, Cam Dantzler uh, at cornerback. Both of those guys who've been around kind of been up. You know, Dantzler's been up and down. Now he's had a good camp. And it just right now, those two guys look like they're backups going into the year. Again, like Burks, that's fine. But it's like we slot these guys in. Oh, Trevor Penning, first-round pick, going to slot him in. As the rookie starting left tackle, he struggled. Yeah, and, it wasn't and, and it looks to me like he's probably not going to start week one. They're going to start a, a veteran by the name of James Hurst. And it's just like you just got to see. It's really hard to know who's going to be good right away, who's not. And, and that's fine. Like the Vikings have a deep secondary. I think these two guys probably would be starting on other teams. They have a nice secondary. It's like a good problem to have. But their first two picks are probably coming off the bench, which to me is interesting. Yeah, you're not closing the book on somebody's career. No, <laughs> no, they're gonna, and they'll probably even be playing. Like yeah. they're they're just not starting right away. And it's one of those things that when I did the projected starters back in April, and everyone's making their what a great okay, they're building secondary first. Like okay, they're not starting right away. That's fine. That's it. That's my last one. I I believe I believe in Darnell Mooney. Um, I think it's going to get a ton of targets. I think they could be a fun team to watch. Uh, seeing the way that they're handling uh, the Roquan situation, I, I don't necessarily know how great the season's going to go. But I, I think Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney are healthy. They're going to put up huge numbers in 2022. My, the, my concern, and it's based off of what we saw at least in this one game, and I, yeah. I know not everyone's on the field, but their offensive line yeah, is a disaster. Seas. I mean, the Chiefs had five sacks and Trey or uh, Justin Fields was running for his life all over the place. Right. They – Carl Loftus looks like he's going to Canton, according to this game against the Bears. <laughs> the right, the um, the Bears like the the upside was Justin Fields made a bunch of really good plays. Uh, the downside was like every play he had to make was yeah. incredibly low percentage, like uh, yeah. I- including one of the catches um, by uh, who is it Tajay Sharp, 
who's like their number two receiver right now. It's, it's just it, there's a lot going on. But I'm with you on Darnell Mooney, Tulane grad. Bears are really a uh, Tulane central right now with with Muno, Mooney and the kicker Cairo Santos. I guess that's good. Cairo get, Santos get gets it in there. done. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, you know what's not great? Sean Kelly didn't get a lot of pop on this episode, but like I said, we might have a was fun, our enthusiasm a fun enough for your life? I would just like to say I, the enthusiasm was absolutely off the charts. Right, fantastic. Okay. Once give it up we talk Mark. football, that'll get us going. When yeah. we have to talk to each other, it's okay. it should it's be fun. because Sean's. I, I just now noticed you have on the Rob Lowe like NFL hat. Yeah, wow. is this the wow. Rob Lowe? That's the one. Yeah, just, that just is the it. shield. And like, he's double. Where, where he's, do you even get like that? they this handed it to him as he came in the stadium? This is all brand rep here. I'm a company man. He's and double lettering with the Around the NFL T-shirt. This is true. Uh, not available in stores. It's, <laughs> this is exclusive to us. <laughs> not available anywhere. Pretty all right, much. that was fun. Dan will be back on Wednesday. We've got a big week of shows. Uh, planned. Check out Colleen and Dan. Uh, they'll have the Hard Knacks recap on Tuesday night. We're giving you guys lots of content at this time of year and you guys uh, hope you love it. Eating it up. Um, thank you, Claybon. Thank you, guys. A pleasure. Um, and that's it. Hit the music, Sean. <laughs> Hit the thing. I mean, I guess in theory, I could just assume you would hit it, and that would be like more professional. You like giving I orders. I was about to hit it. it you know, but happen. at some point, it's like hit it already, That's hit it already, and then heed the call. You guys ready? Yeah. Are yeah. we pumped? Yeah. Where's the energy at? <laughs> I, like, I don't respond to that. Yeah, that's, Come on, Mark. That's, I don't, I don't respond. That's not how I respond. Mark, give me some of that. A good head coach know. needs to understand yeah, how every, his players every work. Every player yeah. like, is different. I don't, I don't it's all right. We'll, we'll talk privately. Okay, you ready? We will not show? talk privately. I want I want that little segment um, as the Easter egg. I'm not kidding. That, if, if you were recording that little 15 oh, seconds. Oh, no, we have it. All right. Really well, funny. That would be good. Ooh, really ooh, 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 some of that. Ooh, all right. No. Yeah. All right. I wanted to cut it before all that, though.